Welcome to the show. This is TJ. Hi, it's Michael. Michael, are you a power bottom? I like to be tied up. I like to be handcuffed. <laughs> You're an idiot. Let's go to a commercial, Michael. They're not commercials. <laughs> Michael. Welcome to Quirinstein Bears, the podcast. I just don't like her. Your hosts, CJ and Michael Burlow. Wait, why can't I say that? It's a lot bigger in person. Stop it. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Screaming. By searching the Quirinstein Bears, the podcast. You really don't understand. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> And now, here are your hosts, CJ and Michael. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, CJ. What's up, Michelle? Not much. How about you? You know, living life, living my dreams, hoping they don't turn into nightmares, but we're here. It's Tuesday. My life's always a nightmare. Yeah. I know. You're not supposed to agree with that. Uh, like, no, no Michael, great. your life is a wonderful uh, fucking seascape of dreams. What is a seascape? Uh, you know when they draw like pictures of the ocean and shit? I don't think that's what that's called. But yeah, okay. it's called a seascape. Okay. Look it up. You have your laptop in front of you. Anyways, hi everybody. Welcome back to it's my channel. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. It's a new episode. But they're listening to us. That's what that means. Yeah. Whether you're driving, flying, or canoeing. Or just getting here. high. Or just getting high. <laughs> I I know there's people that listen to us and smoke weed. I hope so because I would want to smoke a lot of weed or drink a lot if we had to, if I had to listen to us. You don't smoke weed. You're right, but I drink a lot. That is very fair. I also well, drink pickled. a lot. I drink a lot all the time. Yeah, you do. I mean, it's a personal flaw. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a flaw because people who drink aren't flawed. No, but when they drink as much as I do. Oh, then they're addicts. There's a difference. I guess that's fair. Addicts go to meetings. No, not always. That's very fair. Recovering addicts go to meetings. Alcoholics go to meetings. <laughs> Anyways, how was your week, CJ? Um, well, hi, I'm CJ, if you didn't know. And I was uh, voted most likely to fail. No, the fuck you were not. Yeah, I wasn't voted for shit in high school. Most likely to be naked on the internet? I Hey, if that was a category, then people probably would have voted for me. They knew my promiscuous ways then, so I can only imagine like the things that people were to vote me for. What really pissed me off in high school, though, is that I was not voted... Uh, nicest hair. Did you have nice hair back then? I had my golden locks that were down to the middle of my back. My hair was so healthy then. And people were always like, oh my god, CJ, you have such nice hair. Yeah, but well, they were all afraid of you back then. Probably. I looked like one of the Columbine kids. That's so. very fair yeah, Dressed in black, did theater, was a professional wrestler, and had long hair. Anyways, so, how was your weekend, CJ? Um, or your week, or your, your last week? Do you want to introduce yourself before we go into that? Oh, hi. I'm Michael, and you know me from absolutely nowhere. I was, actually, I was actually voted for most likely to be something on, in high school. What was it? Most likely to be on reality television. How's that working out for you? Um, Great. It's you were on Cops, right? Great. I was a Cops for cops, five, five um, didn't know I was pregnant. Uh, Stop stealing other drag queens jokes. Cousin fuckers. You're mean. Uh, breaking Amish. You're very, you're, <laughs> you're mean to me. I'm not mean to you, Michael. I'm just naming your accolades. If Eric you Michael, 2.0 over here. Michael Burlow's IMDB. Breaking Amish is his first one. Yeah. He was a background character. It's barebacking Amish. That, that was my, that was my first performance. My break, it was my breakout performance. Uh, yeah, that's stupid. Anyways, tell me about how your week was. My week was great. We did a lot. Signed more contracts because you know that's all my fucking life has turned into is signing contracts did a lot of social media this week more than i think i ever have since all Star started and by that he means just sitting on facebook and liking pictures liking photos kind of seeing what the kids are talking about because that seems to be the growing trend is they like to talk shit about everybody but not realize how fucking difficult it is to be a drag queen in a post-covid world uh me and ginger went up to grand rapids michigan and did a show at hamburger mary's up there uh was it snowing still it wasn't it was actually really 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 nice uh and it just it seemed like it was so nice because this is the first gig we did outside of COVID. Like outside of Florida, like right? Outside of Florida, taking a plane to go to another venue. Like it was it was really, really nice to just be able to go and see everybody. We did three shows. Ginger did a little Richard Slimmons. Did you a miss little gummy bear? Did you miss traveling? I do. I love traveling. Traveling is probably one of my favorite things that I've been blessed enough to be able to do. And the opportunity to go out, go to an airport, get on a plane, and go somewhere else to show the world the talents that is my husband uh, was really, really nice. So it was different when we went to LA because we, we literally flew to LA and then had a quarantine. So. Yeah. I mean, but LA was different because we didn't perform. Also that, no yeah. performance art. Like, yeah, we did, you know, the filming for Wigs in a Blanket, but it wasn't in front of an audience. And there's such a difference between doing a TV show and performing. Well, the audience was me, you, and Gidget. Yeah. Yeah, but so. we were not to laugh because if we laugh, we get yelled at. Right, exactly. Or if we made any noise, we got yelled at. So, but it was really nice to be up in, in you know, Hamburger Mary's. We saw a lot of our friends. The, the crowd just ate it up. 
because they're so hungry for that. But it was really fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad you had fun. Yeah. How was your weekend, Michael? It was great. I organized my apartment. I cooked at home a little bit. I went to lunch with a friend, you know. Oh, a, f- a friend, and I'm doing air quotes. It's a female. Like, it's a woman. Oh. Yeah. So it was a friend. It was an, what do you mean by <laughs> air quoting friend? Well, Michael, you, you have said on this podcast, as well as your former podcast, that you like to hang out with people that are quote-unquote friends, but they really are just fuck buddies. Okay, but I don't do that stuff anymore. No, I know, but I mean, I don't know what you do when, when you're not at my house. So putting it in air quotes wasn't a read or anything. It was just rehashing what you have said in the past. Sure. Sure, I, Jen. I, you can say sure, Jen, you want, but you know it's the truth, Mary Louise Parker. Okay. But yeah, so it was fun. <laughs> Where'd you guys I, go for lunch? Went to Palms. Oh. My favorite place for lunch in Orlando. I love Palms. It's a little, like, little tea house, a little love shack moment. Shout out to Palm. Yeah, come on, Palm Palm. Like my favorite fucking lunch spot in Orlando. If you're oh, here, yeah. please, it's you so have to try it. It's, it's, like, that, it's kind of in like our milk district downtown. Yeah, it's right next to so Southern Nights. Yeah, it's right, right, oh, right God, there. So good. And they're open like all fucking night. To like 4 a.m. Ridiculous. So yeah, good. it's so fucking good. One of my favorite places to eat. And then I just kind of relax, and then I picked asses up from the airport there you go how was your orientation at your new job it was great it was great i liked it i enjoyed it it was virtual so i was like very like i could do it from sweatpants and like without a shirt on so it was fantastic you're back with your original company that we met at i am i'm back at universal orlando yeah i don't know if i want to say that because i talk dirty on the podcast oh it's fine they that. can't you had the podcast prior to your contract That's with universal fair. so they can't do it now. but yeah so i'm back 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 and back doubt, back again and i doubt bill davis is listening to shout out to billy shout out to uncle billy hey girl but yeah so i'm back at Universal, I'm just excited to get into free to four nights. I'm just legit. I'm just happy to get free tickets again. That's also very fair. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm out of free tickets. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, I'm out of uh, fucks to hang out with you. <gasps> Look at that. Well, 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 my, 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 my. I guess I'll just have to start a new podcast again. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. I think you're running out of people to do a podcast with. I, am, I don't have any other friends It's going to be anymore. you and Mr. Boots. Right, it's going to be my cat. <laughs> Welcome I'm, to the cat I'm going to drink podcast. wine and talk about cats is what I'm going to do the my cat next podcast. podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. Coming to you soon on MyTunes. <laughs> MeowTunes. MeowTunes. <laughs> MeowTunes. <laughs> I think you should name it The Fancy Feast. Uh, that, I can't. My cats are so bougie. When I first got them, they wouldn't eat anything other than Fancy Feast. Of I had course. to like train them. I had to mix Fancy Feast with like the fucking cheap canned food not the cheap one but like the like the friskies brand as opposed to like the four dollars friskies isn't cheap no i'm saying it's like i'm referring to the cheap brand compared to fancy feast which is like four dollars a can yeah expensive so i had to like mix fancy feast with friskies and slowly take less and less of the fancy feast in there and like i had to temper them to eat fucking friskies and now they're eating filet mignon frisky right no and then they they also eat 80 dollar a bag cat food that's your fault no it's medical food oh because one of them has a medical problem so they both have to eat the medical food? Well, I can't keep them separated because they fight. If I separate their food, they fight over it. So I have to just do, I just throw caution in the wind and feed them both $80 cat food. God bless. Why are we in a 10 minute conversation about my cats? Because people want to know about you, Michelle. They want to know about your life. They want to know when you walk into your house that they're going to get bombarded by two adorable cats. They're super nice. They love, they love CJ. They love me. They just like lay all over him. They do. Michael, this past Thursday, we had a special thing happen. What? It was an All-Star 6 episode. Oh! Oh, it's just so out of the norm that we have an episode of Drag Race to talk about on a on a Tuesday. Um, so I think we should just you know kind of dive into it. <sighs> Do we? I don't want. Yes, my I God. don't want to talk about it anymore. Oh, you're gonna hate what I'm gonna open this with. Let's take. A, let's go into it. Now it's off to the races. Michael, we are going to discuss All Stars Six. What's that? It's a RuPaul's Drag Race. It's oh, about cars. It's about car car racing. Um, but also, starting in a month, we have two Drag Race specials that we get to talk about. What's the next one? They just announced on Thursday, like right before the All Stars premiere happened, uh, that Holland Two begins on August sixth. Stop it! I didn't even know that. <laughs> so sorry. Didn't we just finish Holland? We did just finish Holland. Uh, so going and starting August sixth. We will be talking about All Star 6 and Holland 2. I remember sitting on your couch and watching the finale of Holland, like, recently. Yeah, it was right before UK 2 started. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Christ. So they just announced Drag Race Holland Season 2 will begin August 6th. So that means we now have to talk about two more. Do you realize we haven't talked about Espana yet? We haven't talked about Espana. I don't want to read subtitles. Um, I Okay, so my issue with Espana 
is first of all, I've never been to Spain, so I don't know what the drag culture is down right. there, and I don't know what to expect from it. So I don't want to be rude or sound stupid or arrogant to judge drag that I have never personally experienced before. Okay, that's fair. I've experienced Holland drag. I've experienced New Amsterdam drag. Is it I've, Holland drag? Or is it Dutch drag? It's Dutch drag because it's all encompassing over there. But I've experienced that kind of drag because we've done tours over there, right? So I've been around the culture and I've been around those queens and I understand a little bit more about what they represent and what they can bring to the table and their fashion senses than I would someone from Spain simply because I've never been there. I'm surprised you haven't been to Spain on one of the Drag Race tours. Yeah, me too. I know Work the World goes there, but we've never done Work the World like on the actual tour. I mean, we've done the New York show, but we've never actually been on tour with Work the World. But that may change this year because, you know, of all stars. So that's kind of why I haven't really talked about España is because I don't know it and I don't want to sound stupid. And I haven't talked about it simply for the fact that I don't speak Spanish. Um, But anyway, (laughs) so we go, we, we start talking about both of those starting August 6th. It's going to be a lot to digest. I can't wait to see what pretty dress they win this year. Pretty dress and jewelry. I can't believe that their fucking grand prize is a damn dress. Yeah, but they got some money, didn't they? No, they got a dress. Um, well, they probably sold the dress and got the money. So probably. Whatever. They once took their photo. Secure and, the bag. Right, exactly. Um, but this week on All Stars, we had the Rusical episode. The Rusical, which are always my favorite episodes every season are Snatch Game and Rusical. Yeah. This Rusical was the Super Bowl Rusical. There was no mini challenge this week. Thank God. I'm sad they didn't sing it, to sing it, they didn't sing it themselves. Oh, I'm happy they didn't sing themselves. I would have loved it because I feel like Jan needed like a redemption for her Madonna moment where she sang and didn't yeah, win. Yeah, I'm good without hearing Trinity K. Bonet try to sing Beyonce. Time. No, right, but like, I feel like. Or Eureka tried to sing Madonna. I get that, but I feel like Jan, like, killed her Madonna challenge a couple years ago, and I feel like she didn't get that recognition for her singing voice then, so I feel like she needed it this season. But I feel like she got her recognition for the talent show. She didn't win. Yeah, but she still got her recognition for being able to sing. I guess. So, I mean. I'm just Team Jan. I love Jan. I can tell. I love Jonathan. But this week, they all had to. They pre picked their, their people before they left to go and film. Are you allowed to tell them that? Um, yeah, because they Rue says that they. They, they, before they came, they picked who they were going to do. Oh, right, right. So... Ginger got her fourth choice. A little... <laughs> yeah, right? A little... A little inside stuff. They all got a list of every performance ever from the Super Bowl. Now, mind you, that's like 40 people. Minus, no, it's actually like, they had a choice of like 30 people. I think it was like all the females that have ever performed at the Super uh-huh. Bowl. Um, and Ginger had sent her first choice and got a response of, oh, sorry, that was taken already. Who was her first choice? Uh, her first choice was... Was Katy Perry? I think it was Katy Perry, yeah. And was told, sorry, that's already been taken. Then she sent in her second choice, which I think was Gaga. I think it was Gaga. And was told, sorry, that's already taken. And then her... Her first, her first, her third choice was Fergie. She sent it in. And they said, "Oh, okay, cool. You have Fergie. Congratulations." And we were like, "Okay." And then our fir- fourth choice was going to be Winona Judd. Okay, um, but we decided against it simply because, like, she's boring. Yeah, and it really doesn't show anything. Her performance at the Super Bowl was very lackluster. There wasn't anything special about it. And at least the Fergie had like some rhinestones. She looked like a drag queen. And like, and the performance for the Black Eyed Peas was really good at the Super Bowl. Country music isn't show stopping on like a Super Bowl level. No. Absolutely not. Unless it's like Old Town Road, like I think that would be something, or like Garth Brooks would right. be right. Someone like, that's like can like do iconic status things, but like a yeah. Winona Judd isn't someone you think okay icon. Like a Reba or like a right. fucking um, Dolly Parton would have been gr- like a great super right, player. right. But that's not Winona Judd. No. So as you all saw on the episode, you know Ginger opens the episode with Fergie, and I will I, remember how I told you last week, Michael, we were going to be kind of unbiased towards Ginger right. because she's simply like my husband and your best friend. Ginger should not have been in the bottom. Oh no, I did. I totally agree. Uh, out of all the costumes, hers was the most... Like the closest. The closest replica to what Fergie actually wore. Her and her and Jan had the two most identical costumes yeah. to their characters. Yeah, absolutely. They were the closest to what the person wore at the Super Bowl. And while Ginger didn't necessarily put the mannerisms of Fergie into the performance because... As, Fergie doesn't really have any. She doesn't have any, but as you know, Ginger, and anybody who's watched Ginger Live, her, she's very animated in her face. Right. Very animated. And I think she took Fergie and added a little ginger to the fur to Fergalicious and made it gingerlicious. She made it gingerlicious. And I think she did the choreography very well for not being, not being a, a fucking dancer. And I think the Frills runway was fucking 
Oh. That's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen on the runway. Like when I saw yeah. Ginger in it when we did photo shoots earlier this year, I was like, that is A, stunning, and B, you look like the country bear bear. Yeah, teddy bear. Teddy bear, yeah. Like, it was stunning. And then the second person to go was Eureka as Madonna. So what bothers me about that is like, Madonna doesn't do any of the shit that she did. Madonna doesn't spin. Madonna doesn't high kick. The outfit barely looked like the Madonna outfit minus the headpiece, which looked identical. Yeah. It's just Madonna doesn't, when have you ever seen Madonna do a fucking high kick? I've never seen Madonna do a high kick. And I think her lip sync was kind of lackluster. She seemed bored with it. She didn't seem like she was doing it. She seemed like she was counting in her head. Okay, and one, two, three. And, and kick runway. and turn and split. And then her runway was, was just terrible. a pink uh, ginger minge future of drag it was terrible it was terrible her makeup was not pretty um that hat was not structured enough it was just a mess she looked um, like angelica pickles dressed up as a cowgirl she did but somehow she was safe i don't agree with the critique that she made madonna funny because i don't think that performance was funny and i think it was very confusing because were they supposed to do a caricature of the person or were they supposed to stay true to who the person was i don't think she did either of those though i don't either but like, also I, madonna's I, not funny no but also like this isn't snatch game you're not trying to make them laugh because if that was right. the case then make that very apparent that this is a caricature so the fans and the audience know okay so we're not looking for realistic madonna right or realistic fergie or whatever it was just it was kind of all over the place and then after that we went to uh, we went to diana ross so she looked like her i love Raja. i think she looked like diana ross that outfit was stunning my issue with it diana is, ross wouldn't wear anything like that no she would not with she, that weird ass she like, absolutely would I mean, she kind of dragged With it up a little pants bit. Pants underneath it? Yeah. She dragged She dragged up the Diana Ross look that she wore at the Super Bowl. My issue with it is we saw 30, like not even 30 seconds of that. I think they cut that just because she was poor. We saw poor. her stand there, not do anything. And like, it was a very like, okay, you're safe. We knew watching it, she was going to be safe. And that's exactly what she got. She got a very safe edit for Diana Ross. To me, nobody will ever top the BB Diana Ross. BB's Diana Ross on All Stars 3. Three is so iconic. Oh yeah, hundred percent. She looks like someone picked Diana Ross up and threw her on the drag yeah. race stage. Oh, I agree. And then Raja's frills look wasn't uh, terrible. Wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Um, but it was you know, safe. It was a very safe week for Raja. Yeah, it was a very safe week for Raja. Uh, uh, we can't. We'd be remiss about the Super Bowl if we didn't talk about Miss Yara Sophia up next, girl. What the fuck are you doing? I, just because, and I'm going to say this, it may sound offensive or it may sound mean, just because you are Latin does not mean you are the Shakira, like the end-all be-all knowledge of Shakira when she doesn't do half the shit that you did. Yeah. What kind of bothered me about Yara's week was she argued with Jamal. Right. So it automatically like... It's puts, disrespectful. Yeah. It automatically kind of goes, uh-oh, something's going on. And then she went up there and Shakir is very animated. We saw that when she did the Super Bowl with J-Lo. Right. She was one of, she's one of the, the one of the better halftime shows in recent memory. Yeah. Like, Shakir was amazing. But all Yara did was stand in one spot and shake her hips. Shake her hips. Which I feel like is a safe thing to do with Shakira because it's very iconic of Shakira. But also I feel Shakira does so much more than sits there and just... She commands the stage. She walks around. She embodies latin culture and that whole idea that latin dancers move very fluid like water almost there was so much that she could have done with it from the super Bowl. like when she had the when her, her arms were tied up and she was mm-hmm. dancing with like the ropes and stuff yeah there's so much she could have done and it was a very lackluster it was one of the worst yeah. musical performances i've ever seen and then she came out in a fringe outfit not a frills right outfit. she literally fringe. fringe fucking fringe i Right there. Sorry, ma'am. You didn't understand the assignment. Goodbye. Yeah, I just, I feel like people online that are talking about like, oh, she should have went home. She should have went home. She literally did, has done poor ever since the talent show. Yeah. She hasn't been good week over week and she was Roxy Andrewsing it the co- last couple weeks. Yeah. And I think it's And then she her. didn't defend herself and it was very much like, a, well, you know I'm good. I shouldn't have to say how good I am. You already know how good I am. Girl, that's not how this works. Right. You're supposed to plead your case. You're supposed to make these girls go, oh, okay, I really see where she's going. Maybe she just had an off day or an off week and she's going to come back stronger and better than ever and go from there. I do agree that it should have been a Kyria who went home because this is the, what, the third week in a row that she's in the bottom? Right. Or the second week in a row she's in the bottom? So I would agree that a Kyria should have went home simply because of track record because a Kyria didn't have a win. She's in the bottom a lot. It was kind of her time to go home. So I will agree with that. But the fans are also saying, well, Ginger should 
went home. She was in the bottom. She's been worse week after week after week. This is the first time Ginger was in the bottom. Right. Oh, except for last week. But it was a group challenge. But it was she a really group challenge. Have been in the bottom. And end of story. Yeah, fuck all you. What did you think of Scarlet? Scarlet was beautiful. I don't um, think she looked like Katy Perry, though. She should have had blue hair on. I agree. And not the, the brown that she was wearing. I think she painted like Katy Perry. I think if Katy Perry was taller and a little thinner, she would look like Scarlet. Right. I think she did a great job at replicating the, the Jeremy Scott outfit that was, right. was made for Katy Perry. The only, the only thing I didn't like was I feel like she should have had the dancers as the sharks and not herself. I didn't. I just think it looked cheap on her because it's a cheap costume. But see, I like it because it kind of made the reveal into the, the outfit underneath it a little bit more impactful. And they made it a moment. And it made me appreciate the costume a little bit more, even though we had seen it in the workroom when they would do right. the walk. I just feel like the shark outfit was very well done. It made me laugh when she was walking around the workroom in that fucking outfit talking to people. I cackled. I fucking cackled. And then we had Kylie as Steven Tyler. Um, okay. I know for the last couple of weeks I've been ragging on Kylie, uh, on Sonique. I think she did well in this challenge. She'd... I think she embodied Steven Tyler. I think she looked like Steven Tyler. I think she had the mannerisms of Steven Tyler down. I don't think she looked like him enough, though. My issue is she constantly had hair in her face. She constantly had the microphone in her face, so you couldn't really appreciate the performance a little bit more than I think we could have. And then she walked out in that frills outfit, which was, again, it's another thing where she just took scraps of fabric and made a dress and made a dress and made something out of it and I don't feel like you know we I shouldn't say we the judges so harshly critiqued other people for relying so heavily on their body and that week after week after week they were wearing the same thing whether it be a bathing suit or a bodysuit or like Derek Barry for yeah. example and they got the critique about stop relying on that body I think Kylie's doing that same thing she's relying so heavily on the fact that she has a stunningly beautiful body oh absolutely and is showing it off and she's not showing off really fashion I feel like she also like gets an unfair pass from the judges and I feel like a part of it is to do what they don't want to critique her so hard because they're afraid of backlash. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. I feel like Michelle says something to her that's kind of considered crass or kind of considered backhanded or whatever and I feel like the fans are going to go off about how X, Y, and Z they're... They're transphobic. They're transphobic, yeah. right. And I think that's a lot of where the critiques are kind of held back from her. And the thing that bothers me about her is that I feel like she's very unlikable. I don't like her in confessionals. I don't like her interaction with the other girls. She comes off very unlikable. Yeah, And I, I thought agree. she did her original season too. I love Sonique. I worked with Sonique when she was here at the Parliament House as a footlight player and she can be very personable and she can be very sweet and very nice. Right, when she's work here, have, she was. Yeah, and you can have a conversation with her. On Drag Race, though, it comes across as she is uh, trying so hard to be liked. I think she's performing. It feels like she's very performative. It's turning into performance art. Right. Uh, and not so humble or true to who she really is. Um, and the, uh, the unfortunate side is the fans are fucking eating it up because they want a trans winner so badly right. that they are overlooking the fact that she's not doing anything. Right, and I feel like a lot of it's with like just her outfit it's like she safety pins an outfit together and it's not red but Ginger or Chan or you know Pandora could have came out with safety pins on their outfit and they would have been red to filth they by been, the judges yeah, and the, the, and fans. the fans yeah yep. but she walks out with you know bandanas over her tits tape, uh, fucking safety pins and people are like oh my god this is fashion right and that's yeah. the thing that bothers me like people give, are giving her a pass and I don't think she's deserving of it because she's not putting the work behind no. why she's getting a pass. No, and absolutely not. If she was likable, I'd probably have a different opinion. But the thing is, like, she's likable in real life. She's just not likable on the show. Exactly. Same thing with Darian Lake. She's Darian. She gets the she's got the Darian Lake at it. Not likable on the show. Likable in real life. Well, no, I don't like Darian Lake in either. I sense. like Darian Lake. Right I do. And then we move on to uh, ra ra. Gaga. My issue with this is this, Michael, and I know what? you're a huge Gaga fan, so I'm just going to put it out there. I feel like, it goes back to what I said earlier, if they were trying to do a parody of the performances, this was the epitome of a Super Bowl performance parody. Gaga doesn't sound like she's mumbling marbles halfway through songs. But I don't feel like that's Jan's fault. I'm not saying it is Jan's fault. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying is, again, it's confusing because are they doing parodies of the Super Bowl things or are they staying true to the Super Bowl performance? Because everybody up to the Gaga performance has been very true to the performance that we saw at the Super Bowl from the right. Super Bowl. We get to Gaga and it's Jan's doing a great job with the choreography. She's doing a great job impersonating and doing those little nuances that Gaga has in her performances. Right. But then in the middle of it, she's like, rah, rah, Gaga, And I think what the, I think with that is they try to go too much towards like the quirky side of Gaga's music. Some of her music is quirky like that. And I think that's what they chose is like the standout piece of that little like minute cover or whatever they gave of a little bit of love. But I feel like they like pulled from her like more like performative, more over the top, more like theatrical vocals that she does on some yeah, of her songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they relied heavily on that for the majority of the song, but I, I think Jan looks great. I mean, Jeffrey Kelly made that outfit. I think he did 
a phenomenal job. He makes stunning stuff anyway. I thought she even got like the foot up on the keyboard like Gaga yeah. does. Like I loved it. I feel like she knew going into that when she chose Lady Gaga. I'm gonna watch every Gaga performance possible. Well, she is a huge Gaga fan yeah. too, though. And I'm gonna emulate that to almost a T. And good for her. She won. She got a redemption on the the Rusical challenge. So good for her. I don't think she should have won. Uh, but I mean that's not here nor there. And then we had Akira with Prince. Terrible. Goodbye. Yeah, it, I'm it just, not even gonna talk about it. It just bugged it was me terrible. that that like she didn't have Prince's facial hair. It felt like Akira being a rock star more than it felt like Akira trying to be yeah. Prince. And then her runway uh, was cute. The I liked was, it. The concept was cute. It just, to me, didn't feel like frills. That's my issue with everybody's runway. It didn't feel like what the challenge or what the piece of paper said that was sent to everybody. It said frills. It's a light and airy and light flowy and, and fun. Flowy. Nobody on there, with the exception of my fucking husband, wore right. frills. Sorry about it. Right, and it just played in its simplest fact. Next, we had lovely Miss Pandora Box as Carol Channing as our penultimate performer. I okay, so here's my thing with Pandy. I love Pandy. Um, I like Pandy Channing, Express. Her, her Carol Channing is untouchable. Oh, absolutely. I think she did a stellar job on this performance. And if you ask me, she should have won the challenge. Oh, I agree. A hundred percent. She embodied Carol Channing. Her the fucking song that they had her do was the funniest thing. I think it was between her and Trinity came on A, honestly. It should have been. We'll talk about Trinity when we get to In a to minute. Her. And then Pandy's runway was cute. I mean, it was... It's cute. It was Pandora. It's very Pandora. It was very Pandora. But I'm also kind of sick of seeing that silhouette on Pandora. I'm sick of seeing those that same concept on Pandora. Uh, I wish Pandora would go a little bit... Elevated? No. Because I think her looks are elevated for her. I wish she would go more into the 21st century look. So a little more outside the box for Yeah, her. a little bit more modern than doing that 50s, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s housewife kind right. of silhouette. Very similar to what Trixie does. Yeah. I wish you would kind of show more of the current fashion trends or like the current silhouette. So the one thing about Pandora is she's safe. She's reliable. She's faithful. You always know what you're going to get with a Pandora box performance. Yes. And that's what I like about her. I don't think it's winter material, but I think it's safe. It's, pre- it's not predictable, but you know what you're going to get. My thing with Pandy is I feel like she's trying so hard not to ruffle feathers because of the way people viewed her on All-Stars 1. And she's trying so hard not to give people ammunition to hate her more than what they already did from Season 1 of All-Stars. My thing with that is by doing that, you fade to the background. This whole episode was the most screen time that Pandora has gotten since the, the whole the, season. The whole season. She was in there. She had confessionals. She was interacting with the girls in the workroom. They actually showed off her personality this episode. And I hope that's not a, a sign of things to come. Right. Because you Usually when they start showing more people's personality, it's getting closer and closer to them going home. Right. Um, so I, I hope it is not a uh, tall tale sign that we're going to love Pandora just in time for her to go home. Right. I like, I, I've always liked Pandora, though. She's always been one of my, like, Also, my, when we did promo week, me and her sat there and just read everybody while they were all being fools and just l- fucking laughing hysterically and just bullshit. I love Pandora. She was super nice at Wigs in a Blanket. I really, li- she was really fun to talk to. Yeah, I love her. She's, she's probably one of my favorites. When she warmed up to everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. She's very quiet. I didn't she expect her to be so quiet. V- Pandora is very quiet. She's very kind of to herself until you go over there and you talk to her and you really That's what I did, yeah. get to know her. But at the same time, once she's warmed up to you, she bitch won't stop talking. And then we closed out the show with the incomparable Trinity K. Knowles. Okay, so here is my thing. I loved it. People go on and on about breaking the streak of bad Beyonce's on Drag Race, right? She finally did it. She did not finally fucking do it. Enough with that bullshit. She didn't have to make Beyonce funny. She didn't have to give Beyonce a personality. She didn't have to do anything like that. She literally just had to mimic Beyonce's moves. That is it. I don't feel like she broke the streak of Beyonce because she didn't have to do anything for Beyonce. She literally just had to go out there and shake and shimmy and shake her fucking hair like Beyonce, she didn't have to give Beyonce personality. That's but I feel the like thing. Beyonce is not a personality. Beyonce is an attitude. And I feel like she embodied that attitude from the tip of her finger to the tip of her toe. Oh, I agree with that. But to say that she broke the streak of unfortunate Beyonce's when everybody was doing it during Snatch Game, and it's harder to give Beyonce a personality at Snatch Game. Because she doesn't her, have one. And make her funny. I think that is the streak that needs to be broken. Not Beyonce doing it. Because in that case, then Jan broke the streak of bad Lady Gaga's. But nobody's talking about that. That's fair. And I think like, but I think with the Beyonce's and 
Snatch Game, even those characters didn't have the attitude. I think. Oh no, 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 no. Asia O'Hara's Beyonce had a fucking attitude. But that's but not the Beyonce. That's not the Beyonce attitude. But it doesn't matter. It's still an attitude. She still gave attitude. But it's not the correct attitude. Well, no, saying. I agree. Like Trinity had that like command yeah. the room. I'm Beyonce. Look at me attitude, and I like I felt. Oh, that. I agree. But would you agree to say that if she had to do Beyonce in a Snatch Game and break the Beyonce curse, she would have succeeded just as much as she did doing this? I feel like we don't have an opportunity to say that because I don't know what her Beyonce repertoire is like. I don't know. And the same thing with Jan. If Jan did Gaga for Snatch Game. But I think to sit there and say she broke the curse of bad Beyonce's is unfair because she didn't have to give Beyonce personality. She didn't have to make Rue laugh. She didn't have to do any of that. She literally had to mimic Beyonce's thing. I mean, and this is going to sound completely nasty and mean, but anybody who does Beyonce at a regular drag show can do Beyonce. They can give the attitude Beyonce gives because they don't have to give Beyonce personality. That's fair. If that makes sense. I, I, I just think people are... I love Trinity K. Bonet and I think she's a super talented queen and I loved being around her during promo week. I just feel like it's unfair to sit there and say that she should have won and she broke the curse of bad Beyonce's because the reality of it is it's apples and oranges. No, you're right. I don't I don't disagree. I feel like that's a fair viewpoint to have. Yeah, anyway. And then she came out on frills. I think it was a cute frills outfit. We saw it at Continental 2019 when she wore it for gown. Uh, she didn't win then. She didn't win this time. So good That's her. her. And I just feel like, so long story short, blah, 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 All after all the Super Bowl nonsense, we are down to Jan wins the main challenge. And it's Jan versus Jessica Wilde for our lip sync here. With Akira and Yara in the bottom. Yes, Akira and Yara in the bottom. And unfortunately, everybody voted for Miss Yara. Well, we don't know if well, everybody voted for majority Yara. Of the majority of the... Majority Majority, majority rules voted for Yara, and unfortunately, Jan lost the lip sync, and therefore, Yara's best friend, Miss Jessica Wilde, had to send her home. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Yara is gone. That brings us down uh, to ten queens? Nine. Nine queens. I just want to say her elimination is super disrespectful, and it puts a bad taste in my mouth about her as a person. Yeah, I don't think... like Very I, disrespectful. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to say anything about it. She said what she said. She did what she did. She has to live with it with her sisters, and that's on her. Right, like I said, I just think it's it's poor sportsmanship. Oh, yeah. And yeah. there's a reason why she's not going to be a winner. Yeah, promo for the following week. We see a lot of fun stuff. So I'm excited to talk about next week. I'm excited week. for the, the talk show next week. I am talking. Oh, so, so, so excited. Uh, so I think we should uh, take a little break because I've been talking for 10 minutes. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Bareback is an LGBTQ plus lifestyle brand that welcomes all tribes. They offer over 950 original products ranging from top quality lube, cum towels, shirts, hats, face masks, stickers, and a new product category arriving July 7th. If you head over to barebackgear.com and type in the code GUMMYBEAR, you'll receive 10% off your entire purchase order. That is an incredible deal, if you ask me. That means you can get the best lube ever for only $45. What? Go get it. It is an amazing deal. Please go support an amazing person in his company. I can promise you that you will never regret going bareback. Bernstein Bears, the podcast. <laughs> What's up, motherfuckers? Oh, okay, Michael. That was deep and... Uh, Do I sound like an alpha daddy? Nope. You, sound, you sound like um, a twink trying to be macho on Halloween. I'm very... And right I, back to the gay voice. I'm very confident <laughs> that you think I could be a twink. <laughs> I was in high school. I was a twink in high school. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? Um, I decided I liked fast food too much. <laughs> so speaking of high school, Michael, you know, we both had a lot of... I shouldn't say we both have. I've had two significant others. Michael has gone through um, a phase where he had a few boyfriends. A couple. A couple, like a, a few. Um, and that started in high school, right? Like your first boyfriend was right out of high school, wasn't My it? My first boyfriend was in college. Yeah. So right out of high school, you know, you had a bunch of girlfriends and stuff like that in in high school. You had yes. two girlfriends in high school? One girlfriend. One girlfriend. I was close. And a girl that I would hang out with all the time. Yeah. So. so you've been around your significant other's families quite a bit, if you will, right? I have. Yeah. What is kind of like your your feeling on meeting your significant other's family for kind of like that first time, that first meeting? I hate it. Why? Because the thing with me is it's like, A, I think it's unnecessary pressure B I don't feel like your family should help you form an opinion on somebody I feel like your opinion should be what you but I feel like if you're gonna go meet somebody's family I feel like the family should have an opinion because you're gonna if if this is true love and, and meant to be you're gonna spend a lot of time around them simply because like obviously they're family until they're dead so I feel like they should have an opinion I don't think it should be the the end all be all of opinions no I don't disagree but I don't feel like the family's opinion is has a place in the relationship I feel like the opinion should be crafted by the individual that you're seeing 
being. Do you feel like when you and this is not like me projecting like fa- like no, parents no, no, no. love me. When you go and meet a significant other's family, do you feel like you should be eased kind of into meeting them? So like you should meet like if they have a brother or sister first, and then go and meet the whole family. Or do you think just kind of throwing you to the wolves, as they say, is a better kind of approach to it? I feel like how however it organically happens is the appropriate way. I don't feel like it needs to be some big like setup like production of like meeting the family. Like I don't feel like that's necessity. I feel like just however it happens organically is like the appropriate way to do that. Yeah. Um. Like, oh, hey, my mom's stopping by the house. Or, hey, like, we're going to go grab lunch with my grandma. Or, like, hey, my cousin's in town. Like, we're going to go hit, hit the theme parks. Yeah. Or just kind of whatever. I don't feel like it needs to be some big, like, oh, we're going home for Thanksgiving. Going <laughs> to meet the family. How was it meeting, like, your, your girlfriend's family, knowing that you were going to grow up and be a, a pole smoker? Well, I... Okay, so like with my girlfriend, my ex girlfriend Chelsea's family, it was like oh, we're name dropping now. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. She hates me. So, or meeting my ex girlfriend Chelsea's family, it was like I was her like best friend before I was her boyfriend. So it kind of oh. was like more of an organic introduction than like, hey, this is my boyfriend that I'm not fucking. Um, Wait, so if you weren't fucking, how is she your girlfriend? Would you guys just hang out a lot and say you love each other? Essentially, I mean, I do that to my fucking mother. That's very fair. She tried to diddle me one time when I visited her in college, and I wasn't into it. And it went. And you're out of turned into an innie? Essentially, yeah. yeah. I was like, ooh, I pretended to be asleep when she grabbed my dick. <laughs> Anyways, that's not what we're talking about. But yeah, so it was like more of an organic thing. And then with my like boyfriends, like throughout like a couple boyfriends I've had, I only had like three or four. But, like, And they've all been like long-term serious relationships. Yeah. They, I said, I'm really good with parents. Parents love me. I'm just a personable person. So people like me being around, I yeah. would say. For me, it's always like weird because like I don't like to spend time with my own fucking family. <laughs> So don't expect me to spend time with yours. Kim, if you're listening, we love you. I love I love my I love my parents, but like my idea of a like when I go home to Buffalo, my idea of a fun time is not to sit around in my mom's fucking living room for ten hours a day and just sit there. Oh, and I agree. Talk. I agree. I can't deal with that shit. Right. So like don't expect like if I'm gonna meet your family, that's fine, that's great, and I'm glad you have a relationship with them. Don't expect me to spend fucking weekends on your mom's couch sitting around shooting the shit and watching fucking life lifetime reruns. Like that ain't gonna happen because that ain't my gig. Yeah, bitch, don't tell me you don't sit there and watch Lifetime reruns. Oh, I am not saying I don't watch Lifetime reruns. I'm saying I'm not going to sit there at your mother's house and do it. You'll just do it in the comfort of your own fucking Correct. house. Yeah, 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 I get you. What's the most awkward kind of thing that's happened with you meeting a significant other's family? Like, whether it be your girlfriend's or one of your one of your boyfriend's families, what's that awkward moment that kind of sticks out? Well, I've had those, like, the dads that are, like, not super comfortable with their sons being fags yet. Okay, So, like, right. just, like, those awkward, like, oh, I'm meeting my son's boyfriend for the first time. Or like, I wonder who's gonna suck my dick too. Yeah, it's just that weird shit like that. Or I lived with one of my significant other's father and him for a little bit at a time. Ooh. So that was that Ooh. was interesting. I lived with Taylor and his dad for a while. Oh. For like a year. Yeah. Or like like eight months before we got our own place. Because I was like spending all this money to have this apartment that I was never at because I was at his house all the time. So like now. Correct. And <laughs> And so I was like, it just makes sense to move in with him. So I moved in until we found our own place. It was just awkward because his dad and I didn't have a relationship. So when it was just like, I had the day off from work and it was me just there with his dad, I would like literally not leave the bedroom. Wow. Yeah, it was just weird because like... I. I, I don't have anything against his dad. Like, his dad was, besides him being a Trump supporter, I don't have anything yeah, against him. Yeah, but at like, that time, you didn't know. I mean... Oh, it was at the beginning, right, right as Donald Trump started running. So, like... Oh, that's right. Right? It's because Taylor and I were together when Trump... Yeah, yeah, election. yeah. I forgot. So, it was, like, right at the beginning of, like, Trump starting to run. So, that was, like, a whole other thing. But anyways, it was just awkward because, like, I would, like, literally feel like I had to hide in my room. So, you didn't get, like, the, the beauty of the place you were Paying $1,500 a month for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was just annoying because, like, I said, I don't want to spend time with my family. Don't try to make me spend time with your fucking dad and grandma i mean that's kind of how it was with me and my ex-boyfriend sean we had this agreement where we would kind of go back and forth between our houses like we would spend like two or three weeks at my house and then go to his house for two or three weeks this is like, when you lived in new york together. when i lived in new york uh because as anybody who lives in new york knows it is expensive as fuck to live in new york for what i have here you know me and ginger live in a six-bedroom house in orlando we spent a fraction of what we would have spent in new york this household in new york would have been about a million dollars right so to do anything in New York is expensive so we just decided that you know this is how we were going to kind of live a little bit kind of traveling back and forth it gave us an opportunity to really know each other's families and like all that kind of stuff but it was the same thing when Sean would go to work I felt awkward because his family was very very Jewish and was very particular in the way they did things like certain things had to be done at certain times if I wanted food I had to ask the entire family if they wanted food 
Oh, no, ma'am. Before I was allowed to get my own food. You weren't allowed to eat outside of lunch hours, dinner hours, or breakfast hours. Nope. Like, you weren't allowed to snack or anything like that. So it was very awkward. And, like, if you did, you would get yelled at. Or, like, it was just a pain in the ass. And meanwhile, my parents were like, I don't give a... F- if you're fucking hungry, go eat. Right. Like, I don't give a shit. If we want our own food, we'll go get our own food and stuff like that. So it was very awkward. So I kind of understand the idea of, like, oh, well, my significant other's at work. I'm going to hide in my fucking room because that's my place. That is my zone. That is kind of my thing. Or, like, with ginger i was gonna say you have a very you have a yeah, you have so, a very family heavy living yeah, situation right so now So right now me and ginger live with we okay let me rephrase this me and ginger when we got the house agreed for his mom to move in because you know ginger's grandmother passed away and and his mom was the primary caregiver for grandma so when she died she was alone in the house so we said hey come move in with us and then when that happened his sister moved in with us with her two kids plus me plus ginger in one fucking house it's like the brady bunch i love it is like the brady bunch this was after me and ginger kind of lived on our own for a year you know we got our own apartment after we started living together it was just me and ginger and we got very comfortable with that with just doing whatever we wanted walking around the house butt ass naked just fucking literally doing whatever the fuck we wanted because it was our place right and then we moved into the house and it turned into very much what the family I, wants. The family that. wants. It's very much like, well, if we go get food, we have to get everybody food. If we want to go do something, it's very much a family activity. And it's very hard for me and Ginger to just do kind of stuff by ourselves because it turns into a family adventure places, which I'm not complaining about. Is that but stressful? It can be. I mean, I love his mother. I love his sister. I love the kids. But there are days where I'm just like, I just want it to be me and Ginger. Right. And I don't like, I said, I'm here a lot of the time. Yeah. And I mean, it's different. It's like weird for me because like, I don't dislike your family so it's like weird for me like not disliking hanging out I, with I don't i don't dislike them that's, that's, what, that's, what, I'm saying. that's say. what i'm saying like i usually hate hanging out with other people's family and i don't mind hanging around your family yeah. i guess they're very low-key but yeah. like and michael's okay i'm just gonna dispel this right now michael's here a lot because we literally work on shit almost every single fucking day right whether it be for the podcast or there be creative stuff for ginger or something like that. so it's easier for michael to be here for us to work on these things and for him to go all the way back to his house, which is about 30 minutes from here, uh, and then come back the next day to just work on things. Right. Uh, so it's just so much easier. And, you know, we have the spare room downstairs, so we kind of... And, you know, it's just so much easier because, you know, we have the spare room downstairs that we use as an office. Uh, so Michael just kind of crashes here more often than not simply because, you know, we just do so much. We do a lot of much. shit together. We just do so much. But it's, like, it's also very weird because, like, for instance, you. Like, I'll use you as, as a good example because you're kind of, like, the fresh face to, the, to our group. I've known you for a while. Right. And... We really hung out like once or twice prior to the podcast starting or prior to me helping with, you know, Let Me Be Perfectly Queer and you kind of coming on board as my assistant right. to everything that I do. So it's kind of interesting getting to know like your habits a little bit right? Uh, and knowing like getting to know your mother because you have <laughs> such a close kind of knit family with you can sit there and say you hate your family. I don't hate my family. Okay, you I just like talking to them I choose, or being around them. I choose to live my own life because at the end of the day, our morals don't align. Yeah. And... But again, it goes to like, I've gotten to know your mother, Kim. I've gotten to know... I mean, your grandmother knows who I am. Right. Like, your uh, your grandmother knows who I am. Right. So I've gotten to kind of know your family on the peripheries of knowing them. Right. But still knowing them enough from what you've said and from the conversations I've had with your mother. But it's very, very interesting to kind of know your quips and your like little things that kind of like you do. So it was like kind of meeting, in essence, a significant other's family. Right. Without necessarily being a significant other. So it's right. kind of like that. That family, that uh, friend thing, knowing your friends family right which i think is also a little bit more awkward than a significant other's family and it's and it's weird you say that because like my best like my childhood best friend Paige, like i was at her house 24 7 when i lived yeah. in when i lived in new york and the thing is like we would like sit up in her room and like smoke weed and chill so and her like dad like was they had this big beautiful house that we just like chilled in all the time because and her parents were separated yeah so his family her family was like just uh, always doing their own thing so we kind of had run in the house all the time but when her family was there like i got along with her family really great so like but do you think it's harder to meet a significant other's family because I mean you've gone through four boyfriends and one girlfriend I've gone through one girlfriend and two and one boyfriend because now you know me and Ginger are married so I don't count that do you think it's harder to meet a significant other's family or a friend's family knowing that that friend may be around a lot longer than that significant other I feel like okay so it's twofold so I feel like pressure wise 
it's more nerve-wracking meeting the significant other's family because there's a lot more pressure on the front end of it. Yeah. And you have to kind of like impress right away. Yeah. Because you can never make that first impression again. Oh, no, absolutely not. I feel like with your friend's family, it's more of like a long, drawn-out thing. Like, this is going to be my friend for years and years and years. You have a while to let them like experience who you really are. Oh, I agree. Are. But I still think it goes back to the first impression thing. I think, for, to me, first impressions are everything. Hence why I always wear a collared shirt everywhere we go. My hair is typically done 98% of the Except time. Except right now. Except right now because I haven't taking a shower today typically i have that good first impression because i'm very well kept right and i feel like you should always be out there to impress on the first oh i agree and that's i totally agree so let me ask you this was it easier meeting your girlfriend's significant uh your girlfriend's parents and family or your boyfriend's family i don't think that's a fair comparison because she wasn't my girlfriend when i met her family but did you guys have any kind of romantic like no no but we were just friends okay let me ask you this while Meeting your your boyfriend's family, do you feel like it would have been easier if that person was a girl and meeting that family? I feel or... like it's the same pressure. Do you? Because uh-huh. you you just said earlier that it was weird because like you may be meeting parents who don't necessarily understand the whole gay thing. Yeah, but not everybody's not everybody's parents are like that. Only like one of my boyfriend's parents are like that. So okay, so let me ask you this then. With that being said, do you feel like it was harder or easier to meet somebody who understands their son is gay versus somebody who may not necessarily understand? Oh the, yeah, the so sexual like my, preference. Yeah, so like my boyfriend, whose parents were like still iffy to the whole gay thing. Like, I didn't have a relationship with them. They were very like hands off in the relationship with like their son. So it was just a very like I said hi to them in passing. We chatted every once in a while. So you were cordial. Cordial, right? Yeah. And then I got stuck at their house and during a snowstorm. And that was the fucking worst experience <laughs> ever. <laughs> When I lived literally four blocks away but couldn't get to my house because my car was stuck and couldn't get there. So, but but it's like on the, like the reverse side, like my parent, like parents that like know their son's gay and are accepting, it's so much easier just to kind of build a relationship yeah, with them. Yeah, I so. mean, I would agree. But do, do you think you coming over there with the, with the boyfriend whose parents weren't necessarily accepting of it, do you think it helped or made it worse for you to be there? Um, I don't, th- I think, you know, it probably helped them realize that this is actually a real thing and it's not fake and it's not and just, that's like, not a, just, it's a, not just like a fa- like a yeah. phase. Yeah. And I feel like I'm very good with parents. I'm very good with just people in general. I feel like I, a lot of times could help break that ice or break the tension in like the room. Yeah. Like, cause I'm like usually like the comedic relief in the room or like, I'm, oh. like not to like to my own horror, but like, I'm usually like the funny one in the group. So like, or like the loud, like the, like the, Hey, look at him. Like he's fun. I would like, agree. You are the loud one in the group. Right. I'm just like the one that like, that we have people look at or like people like whatever. So, I'm usually like the the like the like the the tension breaker, or the ice breaker, or the relief for the group. Michael, how much does a polar bear weigh? Enough to break the ice. Enough to me. break the ice. Hey, that is, joke is so old. The last time I heard it, I laughed so hard I fell off my dinosaur. Oh, uh, fuck off. Um, no, but I, I I really I think like so when when my ex boyfriend Sean met my parents for the first time, I wasn't out of the closet yet. Like I was okay. Let me rephrase this. I was out to my friends and the people in school. Okay, but I wasn't out to like my parents or my brothers or like the rest of my family. They just met him as a friend. They met him as a friend. They met like my best friend Craig as a friend. Meanwhile, I was fucking Craig. Um, and like they always thought like when I came out of the closet, I'll never forget it. Sean and me were going to go hang out with some friends at the bowling alley because that's what you do on Long Island. Right. Um, that's you do in New York. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not going until you tell your parents. Really? Yeah. He was very adamant about me coming out and telling my parents, Hey, listen, I'm a cocksucker. At the point of me coming out to my mom, I had already come out to my younger brother because my younger brother was being made fun of because of it. Okay. And I just wanted to kind of settle it and be like, Hey, listen, like I'm gay. This is what I do. Like if anybody ever makes fun of you for it, you tell me who they are. I'll and at that time i was a professional wrestler i'll go and i'll break their neck i was also a very angry teenager and so he was very much about we're not doing anything i won't be with you until you tell your parents because he was very out and proud to his parents so i went up to my mom and i told her and, and they were like and my mom was like okay what's your point i, was like, well, I mean that's that's a oh. good, like that's a good like that's a good reaction to have okay cool uh we're going bowling can you drive us oh. <laughs> <laughs> um and so that happened and then i'll never forget i was leaving gamestop after opening and my dad came and picked me up and it was just my dad and we had just pulled to the light leaving the shopping center my GameStop was in and he was like so your mother tells me you have something to tell me oh fuck and I was like not that I can think of and he was like you're gay aren't you and I was like mom has a big fucking mouth that fat fucking cunt and then like we we he was like you know I'm not upset that you're gay I love the fact that you're gay like I I love you for who you are and that you're my son what I don't love is the fact that you didn't trust me enough to tell me and oh that's cute like it was this awkward like moment in the car where i'm just like okay this is fine this is cool whatever like and we kind of moved on from there and everything was fine but it's like really weird because i felt like i never had to come out to my parents because they had found the gay porn on the web on like 
the computer. Right. And like they had like had some, an idea. Yeah, like my friend Craig was over every night and I was over his house every weekend. Right. And like it was very much like a, a very tall tale sign because Craig was as gay as they fucking come. Um that I was gay. So I think it was really weird because like going back to the significant other's family kind of thing at Sean's house it was very accepting and very open. Right. Because... In the Jewish religion, though, it's different. Like, they're not super anti-gay. Like they're they not super anti-gay. Catholic they're very religion. anti-acting gay. Right. So as long as you don't act upon it, you're fine. Um, but then we would go from his house, which was very open and accepting, to my house where my parents had no idea. Right. So it was kind of like a secret. So it was really interesting, like, when he finally met my parents as my boyfriend, because it was they were more like, oh, okay, cool, he's part of the family. What pissed me off is when we broke up, my family was still obsessed with him. That's a story for another That's day. That's a story for another episode. Michael, let's go to commercial. Let's take a little break break you're listening to Quarantine Bears the podcast hey we are back back backpack again yeah yeah did you know I'm nothing but jam (laughs) yes jam sure jam we're like jam jam you're stupid. Um, if you Don't enjoyed look. this episode, make sure you go and listen to our other episodes. I got a joke for you before you tell them okay, that. Okay, go ahead. What's your thing? Jelly and jam. Jam no shake? No, you can't jelly your dick up some guy's ass. You're so stupid. <laughs> You're a dumbass. If you enjoyed this episode, and we sure hope you fucking did, you can go listen to all of our other episodes at QueerAndSteenBearsPodcast.com, or you can listen, uh, just go back to the home screen that you just clicked on this one, uh, and there are all the other episodes. We have eight other episodes out right now. Mike. Wow, do you mean there's 18 other hours of content for our fans listen to us on? I sure do, including two amazing interviews. Oh, boy! <laughs> so Dreams stupid. do come true at QueerAndSteamBearsPodcast.com. You're so stupid. Um, if you enjoyed it also uh, on QueerAndSteamBearsPodcast.com, there's a button for donations. Just click that button. Give us your money because... Uh, We're poor! We would like to make this bigger, better, invite more people to come and talk to us. Uh, you can also go on there and click the store button and buy our shit! Like South Park, we would like to be bigger, longer, and uncut. Yes. Uh, we've already had one person buy our merch, which makes me so happy. Our good friend Luke Thanks, over Luke. in Ireland. Love you. Uh, Luke, if you're listening, uh, you also won our giveaway last week, so make sure you go ahead and uh, message me so I can give you your money. Uh, you won a $20 Amazon gift card, so congratulations. 20 doll hairs. 20 doll hairs. Uh, congratulations. If you liked my voice, you can go follow me at the CJ on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you like my voice, and let's be honest, who doesn't? You can follow me at Mike Burlow on Instagram and and Twitter. And you can also follow the podcast at Cranstein Bears Podcast across all socials. Uh, just find us, click that like button, click that friend button. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to see who's following and listening to us. Uh, we do appreciate everybody who is listening to us. We just crossed Michael. At, we're at 3,000 streams since we started. Come on, girls. Right? Let's go. So we're slowly building, and we appreciate all 3,000 people who have listened to us or, you know, 3,000 streams of the same person, Luke, listening to us. It's over just and over me again. listening to the episode 3,000 <laughs> right? times. Um, but we do appreciate everybody. We do. We're trying to make this something bigger and something fun, uh, something to kind of show a different side of the queer community and, and talk about things that kind of impact you as part of the Alphabet Mafia. Absolutely. So thanks. I, I love you. I love them too. So before we go. Uh, Michael, bear with me for a moment. <gasps> you cut me off. I was going to go first. <laughs> oh, you have one? Yeah. Go ahead, Michael. You can go first. Bear with me. If you think my idea of a fun weekend is sitting at your mother's house, watching television, hanging out with the family, going out to dinner, listening to your mom rifle through her Avon catalog, wrong, we're not doing it, I'm not fucking you, your family, I'm fucking you, boom. Who's that about? Nobody in particular. Liar, who's it about, Michael? You were very specific with Avon. I just, because old ladies like Avon. You're so stupid. What do old ladies do? They fucking watch- Have you ever watched Ginger's mom go through an Avon catalog? No, but Ginger's mom's cool. <laughs> there it is. She reads um, L because we get the same. We have the same subscription. She does read L. Uh, bear with me, Michael. If you are a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, be a fan. That's it. You don't have to tear others down to make yourself feel better about it. You don't need to justify the fact that you think this person should have won and this person should have lost and this person should have went home or send death threats to people telling you, "Hey, fat bitch, go kill yourself." Because the reality of the situation is they're fucking people. If you think you can go out there and sew a frills dress better than anybody, then fucking prove it. Go out there and sell filters, walk on a runway, pose, let people critique you, put it on national television, and then 
expect people to tell you that you are a fat bitch and you should have went home. If you think you can do better, show it. A lot of people sit there and, and talk a lot of shit about these queens, saying that they could do better, they can act better, they can that outfit was hideous, this, that, and everything. Well, show that you know what you're talking about and go make the outfit. You have two weeks to make a frills outfit on top of making 14 other outfits. Do in it. In the middle of a pandemic. Fuck you. Unless you know what you're talking about or have been in that position, like any of these shows on YouTube with the queens from the show, you don't get a right to say anything. Boom. Boom. Roast. Spit roasted. With that being said, it was a wonderful Tuesday. I had fun. Michael, sing us out. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. Michael's here. CJ's here. See, See you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye, motherfuckers. The Podcast. <laughs>